Their behavior's not good. The man stop you now, right there. Because... I think you can say bad film. One lamb kebab. I've abandoned my child! Now, give me money. So tell me, man, who sent you? <gasps> Ooh. I, I thought you were real. Ask me. That's popcorn. That's popcorn. Uh, hello, everybody. This is my podcast voice, and welcome to whatever this thing's called. Uh, I don't know what it's called yet, James. You don't know what it's called yet, do you? No, do you I've, a... got, I've, I've got some good ideas. I don't have a podcast voice, though. Oh, really? I just oh. have a voice. But, you know, maybe maybe I can learn. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. I can, I can get lot, one over time. It's a lot like my real voice, just a little bit more obnoxious. <laughs> just, <laughs> just dial up the obnoxiousness a bit, I think. Um, so the premise, I guess, of this, considering we don't have a name for it, is that we watch one like critically acclaimed audience loved film from a year. And then we watch another critically panned audience hated film from the same year. Does that, does that sound right? The very that same That sounds year. good. We compare and contrast. Yes. And, mm. uh, and that was too long a title, I think. So we probably won't go with that. We'll probably come up with something <laughs> better. <laughs> Maybe we'll see what happens. Um, so we decided to kick it off with 2007, um, which was a good, and bad year, which it's is great. great. Year. Uh, in this episode, we're going to go through some of the movies that we've kind of found and identified as being really good ones and being, you know, less loved films. And I think, I think you can just say bad. Can I? I think you can say bad film. I feel I feel I th- uh, less loved saying bad. <laughs> I feel like if. You start off saying like trying to avoid the word bad, it's it's gonna pop up just accidentally. It's like this was bad. Oh no, oh, no. we've got to recut. <laughs> got to, we'll just bleep it out every time. Fix it in post. <laughs> anyway, this film was bad. Uh, <laughs> cool. Shall we run through the whole list, or do you think we should just go through the great films first and then? I reckon we do great films first. Great films first. Okay. Because uh, it's a different number. So if you did one one good, one bad, or yeah. one good, one... And then we're not. already comparing them. I yeah, think. that's that's true. And also there's a different amount. So you'd just be like talking. You'd get to the end of one list and just be, well, I'll just be silent. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And uh, I think I can already anticipate that this section where we go through all of these films is going to be incredibly long, but we will do it quite fast. So the great films we've got are There Will Be Blood, No Country for Old Men, Into the Wild, The King of Kong, A Fistful of Quarters, The Bourne Ultimatum, Ratatouille, or Ratatouille, uh, 310 to Yuma, Atonement, Michael Clayton, Juno, and American Gangster. Uh, do you want to give us a list of bad films and then maybe we'll go back and we can start I, like deliberating? I can, I can give the list of bad films. We have, I know who killed me, red line, 
Scar. Code name the cleaner. Because I said so. Kicking it old school. Epic movie and Daddy Day Camp. It's a good list. It's I'm a, already like more excited list. about the bad films. Absolutely, because like you've just sort of naturally seen good films. Yeah. Bad films, I've not heard of half of them. Codename the Cleaner has never appeared to me before. Um, and that sounds great. Uh, okay, great films. What do you think? What do I think about great films or those great films? What do you think about these great films? I remember these seeing, great films. Uh, I saw No Country for Old Men at the cinema when it came out. Remember cinema? I saw it twice at the what? cinema. Yep. And I never go to the cinema. So for me to see that twice, that's that's up there. That's like, that's an enemy of the state territory, which I also saw twice at the cinema. Not quite Titanic territory, but... It's, it's how, many, how many times did you see Titanic? I saw Titanic three times in the cinema. What? Like, <laughs> isn't that like nine hours of your life? That is nine hours of my life. And I don't regret it. Fair enough. How old were you? Uh, I think that was 2000. No, it wasn't. It was 1998. Uh, that was, yeah. I would have been 14. I remember there's some guys at um, school that were really into Titanic and... It was one of those things where, like, they're the cool kids, so obviously what they like is cool, and they're all very obsessed with, like, Leonardo DiCaprio. And I was <laughs> just, like, looking back at it, I'm like, that's a really bizarre thing to be like, yeah, this is cool. Titanic is cool. <laughs> yeah, like, we, we were into it because we really were into Terminator, and we're like, yeah, James Cameron, this is, like, yeah. a spiritual sequel to Terminator. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> If you look in the background, there's some Easter eggs for Titanic. Uh, if you look in the background, you can see Arnold Schwarzenegger pushing yeah. the iceberg towards the bottom. Yeah, because he travels back in time. Yeah. Because John Connor's grandma was on the Titanic. And he's like, this is just a way easier to sort of get, <laughs> just sink the whole get boat. Goal. Or just the whole family's there. <laughs> Connor's all the way down. Um, yeah, I remember seeing that and loving it. I think I have seen it a couple times since. Um, there Will Be Blood came out the same year. I think No Country won the Best Picture, didn't it? Yes, I think that is true. And they, um, they always looked like such similar films. Yeah, but even I feel though like they're not at all. I feel like with time, I feel like because I, I was always like, No Country for Old Men is a masterpiece. There Will Be Blood, meh. But I think with time, not meh, but like with time, I feel like There Will Be Blood is like. I don't know, withstood a bit, little bit better than No Country for Old Men, but there's not much in it. Mm. But I um, have, uh, I've only seen There Will Be Blood once. Okay. Um, and I just remember, I can't remember if Paul F. Tompkins is in it or if everyone just kind of looks <laughs> like him in it. <laughs> I mean, both. Uh, oh, it could be both. He's definitely in it because there's another podcast, another one, um, that there's a guy who interviews people that are in like bit roles like that. Mm. And Paul F. Tompkins, I think, was the first interviewee. Good. Okay. It's not just like a weird memory that I no, invented. It's not like the Mandela effect or something. Mm. I'm like, not P.F. Tompkins. It's Paul Thomas Anderson. See, I see where you got confused. <laughs> that, that'll do it. Very similar names. 
there is a talking Labrador in There Will Be Blood, but other than that, no Paul F. Tompkins, no. Um, oh, I, I thought you were real. I thought you were being serious. <laughs> I'm like, I am man, I've got to watch that again. I mean, Paul Thomas Anderson, he does some weird stuff in some of his films. That's so true. So a talking Labrador, yeah. Could happen. Yeah, you can tell me that's true and I believe you. Um, we've also got Into the Wild. Have you seen Into the Wild? Also have not seen that. I have been banned from my family from seeing that because they think that I will watch it and then be inspired <laughs> to drive a bus to Alaska. Fair enough. I watched it and I was um, inspired to really hate the film and <laughs> the, the, gay, <laughs> the, the lead guy and everything. <laughs> I just, I don't know. And I also tried to read the book and I just found him very like... Mm. Because he just leaves his family. Oh, I mean, like, this is the start of the film. But, like, he leaves his family behind, essentially, to go on this journey. Yeah. And, and I, think, I like, think I have the book here, but I've not read it. Hmm. I'm just like, you're an asshole. Um, <laughs> the King of Kong, A Fistful of Quarters with uh, Nick Cave and Nathan Fillion. Uh, or something. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen it? I, no, I have not seen that either. That's a good one. But it's I do those... know what it is. You do know what it is? Yes. Uh, the Bourne Ultimatum, which is the third in the Bourne series. They were probably a bit ahead of their, um, I don't know, they, were, they jumped the gun a bit calling it the Bourne Ultimatum <laughs> and then releasing two or three more Bourne films afterwards. <laughs> this is my ultimatum. And then later, <laughs> you get my ultimatum too. Um, I remember liking that. I I might have seen it. They've sort of blurred into one in my mind, mm. but they're fun. They're fun films. Ratatouille is my favourite. I've never seen it. It is the best. That's all I hear. I just hear people like raving about it, and because it's... everyone in the world's seen it, there's never like an opportunity to be like, well, I I, I did have a thought about Ratatouille, like. Did they think of the name, you know, like Ratatouille, rat, let's make a movie about a rat that cooks. That's great. <laughs> or were there like other movies that they had about a rat doing a job but they couldn't think of a good title? <laughs> like, and then I was like trying to think of an example and like is maybe there's a rat that's a lawyer and it's called Returnee at Law. <laughs> And they were tossing up between those two ideas and like, oh, let's do the cook. That's yeah. probably better. And then Harvey Berman like came out the next week and they're like, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Back to the drawing board. Oh, man. It's, it's a shame they didn't release a sequel and call it Ratatouille. Um, 310 to Yuma. I was surprised to realise that I have actually seen this film when I was like, I reading it. And I haven't, but it did come out. Around that same time as There Will Be Blood and No Country for Old Men and it sort of fit into that period of films where it's like this is from an old time in America, even though that's not what No Country for Old Men is, but I still fit it into that bucket. Yeah. Has got Russell Crowe, I think. It's got yes. Christian Bell. Yes. Kirsten Bell. Yes. Kirsten Bell's in it. <laughs> Kirsten Bell. Yeah. It's a prequel to The Good Place. Uh, yes. Has it got LaBeouf or am I thinking of a different film? Um, I don't know. Again, I haven't seen it. Let me check. Uh, Atonement. 
is one that right. I have always had on my list but never seen. Yeah, I haven't seen it, but I do remember my family talking about it and there's a swear word that maybe grandma shouldn't hear. <laughs> that's that's like the extent of my knowledge. And Kira Knightley wears a green dress. Yeah, and it's got baby Sersha. Ba- ah. Baby Sersha ruining. Ah. Yes. Um, in 1935, 13-year-old fledgling writer... What does fledgling mean in that context? Like they write about little baby birds. Because <laughs> like usually, usually, exclusively baby birds. Isn't the word fledgling usually used in the context of like they're not doing well or they're? No, I think it's like they're new, right? Like a baby, and like bird. they're learning to be a writer. Gotcha. I think. <laughs> I was just imagining like. A thirteen-year-old Sersha Ronan with like a cigarette and bags <laughs> under her eyes, going like, "I can't get any of these novels published. This is, <laughs> I'm struggling." Actually, is she the writer in that? Because this could be seen as like a spiritual prequel to Little Women. I don't know. Uh, you I haven't seen it. Really, have no <laughs> idea. I've not seen it, and I don't know anything about it. Michael Clayton, George Clooney. Um, film. I knew George Clooney. I have no idea who Michael Clayton is. Uh, um, he's a uh, major, sorry, he's a, a lawyer at a major New York law firm. Forming, a, forming. a attorney. <laughs> George Clooney. In George Clooney. Ratatouille 2, <laughs> returnee at law. <laughs> Michael Clayton, nay rat, uh, handles all of the dirty work for a major New York law firm arranging top-flight legal services and skirting through loopholes for ethically questionable clients. Right. And then is stuff it, happens. Is it based on a true story? Uh, I mean, uh, yes, sure. <laughs> because, I, I mean, I think it, it's pretty ballsy, like naming your film just the main character's name and just going, yep, people are going to see this. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know. Although it worked for John Wick, but that's a cool name. Michael Clayton is like the most white bread name. And there was that other one with um, another John one, I think. Was it John Carter John. or something? John Carter. Yeah. But that was like John Carter from um, Mars or something. And I'm like, oh, he's from Mars. That's cool. <laughs> that's given me some context. So like, you would have preferred to be called like Michael Clayton of law. Or... Yeah. Yes, please. Yes. <laughs> I'm happy um, with that. I don't think it's a true story. It's both written no. and directed by Tony Gilroy, who brought us things like Nightcrawler. That's a good film. I oh, didn't direct it. He wrote Nightcrawler. No, he produced it. Oh, I hate it when they do that. No, see, that's nothing. Apparently, he wrote Rogue One, so that's disappointing. Mm. Mm. But then he, he, you don't know which which version of Rogue One he wrote. Um. I remember seeing it. I remember being kind of upset that it was over so fast. Michael is, Clayton. Yeah, which is, I guess, mm. a good thing. But I feel like this one gets taken off our list because of it's the one with the biggest disparity between critics and audience liking it. Oh, what's so the disparity? 91% Rotten Tomatoes critics and 69% audience. I think the audience has the same gripe as me. They just don't know who this Michael man is. 
So, like, no. give him a better name. If his name was, like, Shane Awesomeson, <laughs> like, people would see that. Same movie, but his name is Shane Awesomeson. <laughs> it's hard to say. Shane Awesomeson. <laughs> I'm Shane Awesomeson. Awesomeson. Uh, yeah. They're, they're like, Michael Clayton, is this about a, a potter? Is this about a person? A person who's got heaps of clay, like a ton of it, and... He's going to, it's, it's a sequel to Ghost. That's what it is. Or it could be, it's the exact movie, but he's made out of clay. It's a claymation George Clooney <laughs> providing legal advice to Isn't um, that that? Bad people. There is that film. Oh, that's not George Clooney though. Like Anim- Animalisa or something. Have you seen <laughs> that? <laughs> no, but I think it's familiar somehow. It's like a very Kaufman thing, but I don't think it's Kaufman. I think it might be. Actually. Might be Kaufman? It might be. Yeah, it's animated and like every character has the same face. Yeah. Anyway, good film. Uh, not on this list. Juno oh. <laughs> comes up next. Juno. Ellen Page is pregnant. Yes. Um, sorry, this is just an update from <laughs> the entertainment news. Oh. Um, Ellen Page is Juno, who is pregnant. Yeah. Uh, after sleeping with classmate Bleeker, played by Michael Sarah, 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 Sarah. Uh, I think that has peak Michael Sarah in it. Like, yeah, he couldn't be any more Michael Sarah. There's definitely, yeah. But I think Juno's parents in that film is uh, Alison Janney yeah. and J.K. Simmons. Great combo. That's the best. Can we just get them back as like? couple of detectives just, or something or man, private detectives that'd be great, <laughs> that'd, be great. <laughs> that'd be awesome and if they had if their boss was made out of clay <laughs> uh, I, I, I think i think there's a big gap in the market of clay films. like singular characters just in one films. character in a film totally made stop out motion of clay. animated and they, no explanation they don't even reference it uh, like imagine horrible bosses, but Jennifer Aniston is entirely like paper cut stop motion. <laughs> <laughs> There's no reason for it. That'd be, that'd be excellent. Oh my God. People would see that film. This is a new genre in the making. Yeah. Episode one, new genre. Thank you very much. Yep. That's popcorn. I don't care what we said. <laughs> That's popcorn. <laughs> yep. Oh Christ. And then we finish it up with American Gangster which I want to say is also Russell Crowe. I also want to say Shia LaBeouf. <gasps> Ooh. <laughs> is in it or you just want to say it? That's what I say. It's nice to say. <laughs> LaBeouf. Good, good warm-up exercise. Uh, you can keep saying it. I think you're wrong, though. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's got Denzel uh, Washington, just in case you were wondering, uh, <laughs> Russell Crowe and Chiwetel Ejiofor. Yep, we'll get there. We'll fix that in post. <laughs> Chewitel Ejiofor. Chewitel Ejiofor. Chewitel Ejiofor. Uh, Josh Brolin's also in it. Um, Man, he had a busy year. Yeah, because he was in No Country for All Men as well, hey. Yep, and he did the voice of Remy in Ratatouille. What? Nah, <laughs> I made that up. <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't, uh, I didn't 
instantly realize that Remy's the the main like dude, isn't it? The really skinny. No, no, that's the name of the rat. Oh, that's the rat. Okay, what's the name of the the chef? Um, Shane Awesomeson. <laughs> yep, yep, we're going with that. Uh, so they're the great films. We've kind of had a bit of a look. I think we can safely say that Michael Clayton's out. Okay. Um, I think Born Ultimatum is out. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think of that as a critically acclaimed film. No. Like, it's okay. It's good. It's fun. But uh, I don't think it's what we need. I don't think it meets the criteria. Uh, if you had to remove two from this list? I would remove Into the Wild. Okay, good. Hate it. Um, <laughs> good. Excellent. Um, ooh, oh. Oh, ooh. Remove American Gangster. Oh. oh. Or not. Or don't. No, no. I just like... said that because... Um, I don't know. Nope. I'm happy to do that. All right. Uh, Juno? Yeah. Yeah, we can remove that. Sorry. Sorry, Ellen. Sorry, everyone else in that film. Sorry, JK. Jason Reitman. Just Um, kidding, Simmons. Jason Reitman, who also did... Uh, up in the air with uh, Michael Clayton. <laughs> so dun, dun, dun. completely stop motion animated. Uh, <laughs> has to go around the world sacking Potters. Um, J.K. Simmons, J.K. Rowling, Harry Potter. Okay, we're done. We're yep, done here. We, we got it. Um, okay, three ten to Yuma. Um, look, I don't know enough about it. Okay, maybe we'll keep so, it. Let's just, let's just, what happens in that? Russell Crowe plays a desperado uh, whose accomplices stage an ambush after he's taken into custody by a determined local sheriff in this remake of the 1957 film starring Glenn Ford and Van Heflin. James Mangold directs a script based on the Elmore Leonard short story and penned by <gasps> Stuart Beatty, Michael Brandt, and Derek Haas. Wait, what? I did not know it was an Elmore Leonard story because his stories are quite good. Okay. Also, that dude was like writing for years and years and years and wrote like all these cowboy stories and then all of a sudden it's like, you know what, I'm going to change genres a little bit and then wrote Rum Punch, which ended up being Jackie Brown okay. and Get Shorty and that one with J-Lo with Michael Clayton out of sight. What? Yep. Seven degrees of Michael Clayton. Um, so yeah, he's uh, he's got some good stuff, and that entire series justified. He wrote that. Well, oh, what that with, was um, based on. Guy whose name I always forget. Timothy Oliphant. That's the one. Uh, okay. Well, we'll leave three ten there for the moment. I think, like, if it comes down to it, I don't know. How do you pick between there will be blood and three ten to humor? Yeah, I mean, we'd have to flip a fistful of quarters, I reckon. (laughs) (laughs) How do you flip a fistful? Um, (laughs) 
<laughs> Great. Uh, yeah, it's e- easier to do if you've got King Kong hands. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> <laughs> he would struggle to get it in, though, in the slots. Um, atonement? Look, uh, these are all interesting. I think... These are, these are six sh- great films. <laughs> these are six great films. I think... Um, yeah, look, let's... I think I'm we don't gonna, start with the documentary. I think we don't start with the documentary. So, sorry, think, King of Kong. I think what we maybe do is go through some of these bad films and see if there's any that we can maybe interline with another one and that might help aid the decision. All right. Sounds good. Um, let's go to a break. Okay. And uh, we'll come back and do the bad films. Bad me. Okay. Uh, we'll be right back. And we're back. Welcome Ooh. to whatever this is called. Uh, bad films. We're going to do the bad movies now. Do, do the bad movies. All right. James. Uh, Over right. to me. <laughs> um, all right. So the first one is I Know Who Killed Me, which I believe stars Lilo, um, uh, an idyllic small town is rocked when Aubrey Fleming, a bright and promising young college student, is abducted and tortured by a sadistic serial killer. Sounds nice. One thing that I do like about this movie is the name because I Know Who Killed Me sets up so much stuff. like So much mystery. There's so much. It's like, oh, somebody died, oh, but they're <clears> alive, <throat> oh, and they know who did it. I already know where this film's going. Yeah, well, uh, prepare to be disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've seen this. It's one of the – it's one of – it's – Without giving too much away, it's one of the better bad films I've seen in my life. Um, and I mean that in a way that uh, it's it's truly bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's a positive for this context. Um, next, we have Red Line. Now, there's a lot of films called Red Line. I think there's one film a year that is released called Red Line. Um, but this one is about a gorgeous young automobile fanatic and front to the hottest unsigned band on the West Coast. <laughs> uh, she finds herself caught up in illegal drag racing competitions organised by exotic car fanatics. Oh. So there's a, there's a lot going on there. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just, there's like no one in this that looks familiar. This, yeah, this is an interesting film because um, critics sitting at 0% love, but 47% from the audience. And I think that's just because it has exotic cars and the hottest unsigned band on the West Coast. What? Um, it's, just, like- it's actually an origin story for the band Everclear. <laughs> <laughs> is that, um, is it Australian? No. No. Oh, I think West Coast. A, <laughs> no, no, it's not WA. It's, 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 it's set in Subiaco. Because <laughs> um, there's a guy in the in the trailer who looks really familiar, but I can't. It, it, he might have been in um, the 2008 version of Redline. 
No, I'm pretty sure this is the 07 one. Okay. Oh, when I play this, it's gonna it's gonna just send straight to you. It's gonna record cool. it somewhere. <laughs> oh. And and I did read that the movie pretty much was made by the producer just wanting to show off his cars. <laughs> so, I think um, by even just that synopsis, it sounds like somebody's just like, I want to show off my cars. I'm trying to pick up this girl and I said I'd put her in a movie and also my friend's band, I reckon they should be famous. And so he's just <laughs> somehow managed to make that into a film. Jay Leno should do a um, no. do a remake, do a reboot. <laughs> he's got all these cars. He can just... Uh... Put them out there. You can have Jamiroquai play the main character. <laughs> see, I'd um, see that. Look, that that looks truly like a film. Yeah, uh, that looks pretty. Next, awful. we've got Scar. Scar. I'm cutting off the list straight away because it just looks yuck. Um, mm-hmm. It's about a serial killer again uh, who kidnapped and tormented somebody. Um, it just doesn't look good. Just looks and also. It wasn't on Metacritic at all. <laughs> it does not exist. <laughs> it does not <laughs> exist. I searched for the director. I searched for actors and tried to link, and it's just been wiped. Oh, my God. So I don't right. know what that's. Scar's says. gone. Good. Scar's gone? Isn't that, <laughs> is that the guy who played It? Um, <laughs> uh, Codename The Cleaner? Codename The Cleaner. Um, yeah, it doesn't look great, but it's got Lucy Liu, um, oh. who's made plenty of good choices. Um, Codename The Cleaner also has, I think it is Cedric the Entertainer. It is Cedric the Entertainer, who yeah. is in a lot of films around 2007 and not many since. And I hypothesize that maybe this film had something to do with that. <laughs> oh, like this might be the, um, this the fall from grace. Yeah, when he had to change his name to Cedric, mildly entertaining, but <laughs> not enough to be called the entertainer. He should have just changed his name to something catchy like Michael Clayton. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Codename Michael Clayton. <laughs> Codename <laughs> Michael Clayton. <laughs> oh, God. You can um, literally put a code name in front of like every film, right? Mm. Maybe. I haven't really thought this code <laughs> code name redline. Uh, I like that. Um so I went to the IMDB page for Codename the Cleaner, and the first trivia that pops up is um Elizabeth Hurley was the first original choice for the character of Diane. Obviously, oh. we haven't seen this film, so we don't know <laughs> what Diane's like, but mm. I scrolled up to see if uh Diane was a known Actress, um, Nicolette Sheridan. Oh, from Desperate Housewives fame. Yep. So not completely unknown. I just, I just like that uh, in her IMDb filmography is Canon C three hundred demo XXIT short, <laughs> <laughs> and it's a wow. character name. <laughs> like she plays Nikki Williams oh. in a Canon C three hundred demo film. Yeah, well, got to start somewhere. Yeah, 
Maybe or end a... somewhere. I don't know whereabouts in her career this happened. Oh, no, that's that's her fall from grace. <laughs> Codename Canon C300 demo. <laughs> and that's... we're down. Uh, now we've got Because I Said So, which sounds like the sequel to I Know Who Killed Me. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it is. There's not enough films that are just phrases from the movie. I know what happens in this movie. <laughs> Oh my God, am I in a movie? That would be good. I'd watch that. Um, yeah, so, yeah, this doesn't. This has got Diane Keaton, who I am a fan of, but um, she's just a mum and her daughters are like, oh, mum, she's uh, being like this again, and that's the movie. Her daughters are Lauren Graham from Gilmore Girls fame, Piper yes. Perabo. From, from uh, Coyote uh, Ugly fame, I think. Oh, is that what she was in? I oh, look. I think so. Was she I, in like like a high school TV series? Dry, yeah, she was in Coyote, Coyote Ugly. There was like a high school. Uh, maybe I think it's something else. Um, maybe you're thinking of Tom Tom the Piper's son. That's the popcorn. <laughs> that's, that's popcorn. <laughs> that's popcorn. Uh, and then also, it's got Mandy Moore. Yeah, it's good. So you know, good, good for them. Uh, thoughts on thoughts on because I said so. Um, I have no thoughts on because I said so. I don't mm. think I'm the target audience for because I said so though, because uh. I'm not an eldest daughter, middle daughter, or youngest daughter. I mean, but they might have a brother. They might. They're not. He's not. He didn't make the cut for the synopsis, unfortunately. <laughs> he didn't. Uh, kicking it old school. Now this sounds wild because it's got time travel, which is awesome. It's got break dancing, Great. again awesome, um, and it has uh, Jamie Kennedy, which is something. <laughs> Two out of three ain't bad. That's right. Um, actually, it's not. It's not time travel. It's sort of like the the future, um, future armor style time travel, where someone just falls asleep for a long time and then wakes up. Um, but yeah, with with uh, break dancing being the the thing, I don't think because like he travels from the eighties to two thousand and seven. I don't think that's enough time for the world to have forgotten what breakdancing is. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think maybe they should have left a bigger gap. Um, like if somebody was out breakdancing on the street, I'm not going to go, oh, he must be a time traveler. Like, He's cool. Is the character's name Rip Van Winkle? N- oh, actually, isn't that, isn't that-, that Vanilla Ice's real name? <laughs> I feel like it might be. So Rip Van Winkle is a short story by the American author Washington Irving, first published in 1819. But in In the film, the character's name is Justin Schumacher, which isn't nearly as interesting. Didn't he direct Batman? Um, Yep, I... Yes, he did. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, so yeah. I'm confused because at the bottom it says the breakdancing Rip Van Winkle attempts to reassemble his former dance troupe in hopes of because, winning back the girl. Because I like... think 
I think you just you know. call somebody who has fallen asleep for a very long time. You just default to calling them Rip Van Winkle. Of course. And not, not snooze alert chum. Uh, is this like snooze alert chum. American reference that I don't understand? Is that what's happening here? Yeah, that that could be it. Um, Damn. Uh, yeah, the, look, this looks absolutely trash. It um, looks, yeah. I mean, so Jamie lovely. Kennedy, if we're going to talk about Fall from Grace... That is the one. I don't think and he then, even made it to Grace, did he? <laughs> he was in Scream 2 and he was okay. And he was in Scream 1. He was the one that, that made that documentary about people heckling him. And like, no. He, heck- he was the one that hosted that incredible New Year's Eve celebration video where everything is just awful. The audio doesn't work. There's people just drunk. Macy Gray is in it for some reason. <laughs> Um, uh, it's amazing. We should just watch that. Forget movies. We just <laughs> watch that. Just every episode we watch it again and just yeah. concentrate on a different thing. Oh, my God. Um, uh, Epic Movie is up next. Yes, Epic Movie Speaking is up next. scary movie. It's from the screenwriters Jason Friedberg and Aaron Seltzer. Uh, <laughs> Join forces to parody the biggest movies ever to hit the silver screen. Uh, like Pirates of the Caribbean and Chronicles of Narnia, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Yeah. So that I think this is very much a moment in time film. Mm. Um, I think this is when they were just making movies, which obviously the MTV Movie Awards stopped making skits in between awarding the awards and the people who made those skits were like, oh, no, we're just make now? feature length we'll, films. We'll just have to turn it into a feature length film. Yeah. And everyone just uh, said, no, <laughs> no, thanks. no, we don't, we don't need to do this. I like uh, how they, I don't know if this is a typo in the, in our notes here, but did they call Narnia, Narnia with the G in front of it? Yeah. Cause it's like gnarly. Oh yeah. Good. It's very clever. It's, it's clever writing from, Jason Friedberg and Elka Seltzer. Great. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely his name, right? <laughs> um, and then the next one is Daddy Day Camp. Daddy Day Camp. Yep. Um, which is one of those cool sequels, sequel to Daddy Daycare that doesn't have any of the original cast. It might have like one of the kids or like, oh, yeah, that's the guy that owned the bookshop in the first one. And he's yeah. the only one. This is like uh, Blair Witch 2 that has, it's not fan footage or something. This is like <laughs> completely missing the point of the first film. Not that I, uh, I I have seen Daddy Daycare or hold it in any great esteem. I have seen Daddy Daycare more than once. Um, and it's particularly for one scene, which I think is one of the funniest scenes in all of movie history. I don't think the sequel will uh, will hold up. Who's in Daddy Daycare? Daddy Daycare, it's got um, Eddie Murphy, mm-hmm. ah. S- Steve Zahn, and Steve Jeff, Jeff Green. Is that his name or is that his name in Curb Your Enthusiasm, not his actual name? Jeff Garland. Jeff Garland is his name. Um, and it's, it's funny. It is a funny kids' film. And I, oh, I won't yeah. lie. The one scene that I think is hilarious involves just a poop joke, but it's <laughs> it's just executed so perfectly. 
It's like 30 seconds, um, but I don't think I've ever laughed so hard. Well, Daddy Day Camp, we might have to come back to. Daddy Day Camp, I think uh, as a sequel, we just have to take yeah. it off the list. Yeah, um, off the list. Epic movie as uh, an extension of uh, mid, was it MTV Award mid sketches or whatever. <laughs> uh, take that off the list. Off the list. Um, I want to take Scar off the list because that didn't interest. Oh, I've already done that. That's yeah. good. Because I said so, I think we might take off. Yeah, yeah. Which leaves I'm, us uh, with uh, I Know Who Killed Me, Redline, Codename the Cleaner, and Kicking It Old School. Yeah. Well, you've seen I Know Who Killed Me. I have. So do you, do you think it would be better to do something that neither has, have seen? Uh, or, yes, I think or, so. Or prior to earlier this week, heard of. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I love... I would love to watch I Know Who Killed Me Again. I think it would be like the third or fourth time I've watched it. Um, it's <laughs> almost up there for me with like The Room. It's, wow. it's maybe not quite as like, um, you know, surreal <laughs> like The Room is. Like it's just a bad film. Mm. But um, yeah, there's a lot of choices in it. You just go, That's, that was the take, That's what I guess. That was the best one you had. <laughs> Must have run out of film on that digital camera. Um, but no, yeah, we'll take that out. Which leaves us with Redline, Codename the Cleaner, Kicking It Old School. I'm leaning towards getting rid of Redline. Yep. I I would uh, agree with that. It just sounds like a bad Fast and Furious. It sounds like a terrible Fast and the Furious. Uh, which uh, leaves us with Codename the Cleaner and Kicking It Old School. Should we go back to the great ones? Yeah, and uh, sort of work out which one would be a good, good match. So you got so codename the cleaner, mm-hmm. like guy at the wrong time, and there's undercover things and like the CIA and baddies mm-hmm. kicking it old school time travel, um, break dancing. So from my understanding, No Country for Old Men didn't have a break dancing scene. Um, he, he does spend the first scene mostly lying down. Uh, but yeah. I don't know if you could call that break dancing. He breaks a leg and not in like a go break a leg. <laughs> like actually I think, breaks a leg. I think um, Javier Bardem's haircut in that film would have been perfect for break dancing. Cause it's just sort of, he could have just, he could have just been spinning for days. Yeah. Yeah. He, he has got a, Helmet head going on there. Uh, Ratatouille. I think we take Ratatouille out. Take it out. I still want to see it, but that's fine. Uh, 310 to Yuma, I think we take out. It's not any of the top two. Yeah. Which leaves There Will Be Blood, No Country for Old Men, and Atonement up against Codename the Cleaner and Kicking It Old School. You know what? I, th- I, think, I've got, I think I've got it. There Will Be Blood. Oh no! Better call Codename the Cleaner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you heard it here first, folks. There will be blood, and uh, Codename the Cleaner are the first two films that we will be watching for whatever this is called, um, and we will get better at this, <laughs> I am sure. Uh, but at least we have made a decision. Yeah.
And it's good. I think Codename the Cleaner might might be the sequel. Now we just have to <laughs> have to figure out where the hell we find these films to watch them. Um, but you know, that's that's our problem. Uh, yes. Cool. They're the two films to watch. There will be Blood and Codename the Cleaner. <laughs> I cannot wait. Can't wait at all. Uh, should we do? I was going to say, should we do a like random selection for the next year that we do? Or oh yeah, good thinking. Uh, let's start with nineteen seventy, okay, think, and end with twenty fifteen. For now, okay. Um, give some breathing room for or, like newer films to get a cult following and go. Oh, actually, that movie's not as bad as everyone thought it was. Yeah. Or the converse. That's right. Uh, so let's, let's, let's click the button. I'm going to put a sound effect in here. I think where it's just like, uh, 1998, 1998. I don't know what movie came out in 1998, Richard. Uh, do, do I? Oh yeah. I'll, I'll give you a clue. <laughs> I might've seen it a couple of times at the cinema. Oh my God. <laughs> Is that, is that that movie with that cool Leonardo DiCaprio in it? Uh, he, he's very cool at the end of it. I've just written it in. Oh, no, I wrote it in the wrong year. I don't oh, even no, have maybe, 1998 in our list. Maybe Oops. it was 1999. I don't know. I think it was December 98. 97. I've got, I've got it in my 97 list. December 97 to um, January 9. Because it was in cinemas for like four months. Yeah. Yeah, well, we're going to have to do some research because I have no 1998 in this entire list of years. Somehow Excellent. that's the one year that's been skipped. We can uh, we can do that. Because I think when I went through and I looked for, like, best films, they never happened in 1998. So I don't know what happened. <laughs> Did the Writers spooky. Guild just, like, stop working or something the year before? Or who knows? Well, Academy Awards 1999 would tell us. Yep, I can't even spell Academy. That's good. Um, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Actually, nothing did happen in 1998 because that's when Shakespeare in Love won everything. Oh, Ben. Well, well, we're gonna have to work on that. Uh, but 1998 is time. the next year. Until then, go watch There Will Be Blood and Codename. Colon the cleaner. The cleaner. <laughs> God, take take two on that. <laughs> it's not it's not Colin the cleaner. <laughs> Codename Colin Michael Clayton the cleaner. Uh, Codename the cleaner. There'll be blood. They're the films, and we'll watch them and come back and talk about them, and then we'll do 1998. Hooray! Hooray! Thanks everyone. That's, Bye. That's, that's popcorn. popcorn. That's popcorn. <laughs>